Welcome back to episode six of The Hunkering. Hi. <laughs> We're still here. We're still here. We're still in the same house. <laughs> We're still here. Uh, yeah. But we did spend some time, or at least I spent a lot of time outside today. Yeah. It was like 77 Yeah. at a certain point. Very Whoa. sunny. I did put sunscreen on, but I did also get um, a little bit burned on my legs. It was Oops. nice. It was nice outside today. Yeah. Really it's nice. May now, somehow. It is. The month of April just didn't exist for me, so. It's mm-hmm. so strange to me that it's May. That That's like the weirdest thing that's happened, I feel like, as far as taking all of it in. Yeah. Like, it's kind of all felt like this weird time warp, but now it really feels like that. Mm-hmm. April, <laughs> to think that really... like six weeks just vanished, yeah, just and I'm like, what by. the hell did I even do in that time? It really messes with my mind in a disturbing kind of way Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we're all looking for tangible progress and like where we can track what's going on and it's just a it's just a blob it reminds me of nickelodeon gack it just seems like a gack (laughs) amount of time you know what is that what is gack oh gack um you remember when uh you watched nickelodeon as a kid Mm -hmm. it's like flubber yeah but not animate or alive it's just like goo uh, it's jello-y goo. Yak. So they, this is a product that we're talking yeah, about? Yeah. Uh-huh. I used to play with it. You know, parents would buy it for their kids. And it was just um, cohesive enough and, like, had enough of a shape that it wasn't a fucking nightmare for yeah. parents to yeah. give their kids. I'm sure I had it. I just don't Did remember Did you ever have Silly Putty? Yeah, I mean, it we was, always it had was all like that a mix stuff. between silly putty and Jello, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what April twenty twenty is kind of been, you know, a mixture between silly putty and Jello. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as far yeah. as like the fourth dimension goes, like yeah. time is just passing. You know, it's like the uh, our Jeremy Baramy. If you've mm-hmm. watched The Good Place, <laughs> it's just kind of a amorphous, slightly morphous blob. Um, yeah. I have to point out that, first of all, if you can hear any rattling, it's because Klaus is trying to play his ba- balancing game on a metal folding chair, which is where he stands on the back, lowers his tail underneath it, and then tries to hang over it and catch his tail. It's his favorite game, and he only does it when he's trying to get attention. He also just, again, took a massive dump right when we started this, yeah. right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like it's on purpose. Recurring character. Congrats, Klaus. You made it. <sighs> He's a nightmare. If this uh, uh, gets syndicated, you'll get a uh, you get a credit. Mm. Right. Congrats! No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. No, humans' uh, olfactory bulbs, however, yes, have were been damaged, devoured. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, I, I you know talking about GAC just made me think about early Nickelodeon and how the ultimate dream was to get that Toys R Us shopping spree. Mm, where, where you just you, run through and oh, throw everything in your cart. And when you're that age, I'm talking like six, seven years old, there would be very little strategy. You would just, you put your arm out and you just funnel stuff into the cart. And I feel yeah. like I would have like, 
you know, maybe like gotten a high price item, like a like a electronic system or a bike or something, where it's like, all right, I got to get the sweet thing, and then otherwise, like, give me all the GI Joes. I was just thinking I would have run straight to the GI Joe or the action figure mm-hmm. aisle and just piled that in because at that age, that was before I started playing video games, and I think I already had a bike and stuff, so mm-hmm. would have gotten those sweet fresh G.I. Joes, probably. Those were my goals at six years old, was, like, get the Toys R Us shopping spree. Mm-hmm. Step and one. And find a way to slime the principal of my school. Step oh, two. Yeah. 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 Because that was another, like, high-tier Nickelodeon prize where yeah. you invite them on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, those I, administrative staff members are total champs, but it has to be, like, a badge of honor too because it it means you have some sort of rapport with your students i really wanted to play legends of the hidden temple as a kid i wanted to be there so (laughs) bad i was like put me in coach give me a chance to do that i wanted to do it so bad also what was the one where you um double guts oh (laughs) jinx no the one where you go through the uh obstacle course and you'll like climb through like a nose, and there's all this slime. Double there. That's double Is there. It? Yeah. Oh, man. Where you get the flag out of the nostril. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. you're just like in a giant ball pit that's supposed to be like mac and cheese, and just yeah. oh my god, watching that show, I was like, this With Mark is Summers. so cool. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Where is What's he, he now? doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I wonder. He's probably still alive. Oh wait. Yeah. Um, they're doing a Double Dare reboot. Well, they were doing like a, a live show thing, I think that was last year, because I remember seeing a Facebook event for it where it was Double Dare Live, and I think mm. it was with Mark Summers. Man, so many adults would be harmed in the making of that production if they allowed fully grown people that watched it as kids like we did, and like, oh my god, I would do anything to get the flag at the top of that nostril. You know, I would hurt hurt yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would, I mean, meniscus and ACL be damned. (laughs) I would be top contender. I'm getting that flag. I'm getting on the blue barracudas, (laughs) goddammit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys have, like, a favorite fake team on uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple? The Silver Snakes were pretty Mm. dope, obviously. Yeah. Um, What was the purple... Purple monkeys? Blue iguanas and... Yeah, purple monkeys. Purple monkeys, I think. Orange iguanas? Yeah. I think... What was I don't know. Yeah, something. <laughs> they sell the uh, the team shirts to this yeah. day. I've oh. seen people mm. people go uh, for that as Halloween mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, that's that's yeah, an that easy Halloween costume. Yeah, I get it. The okay. real power move would be to go as Olmec or <sighs> one of the temple guards because that requires more than just a fucking t shirt, which yeah. is a pretty weak Halloween costume. Well, if you're gonna do it, didn't they wear like helmets too? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. They that had, would be a little helmets, bit more. And then I think they had knee and elbow pads mm-hmm. as well yeah. because it was, it was 90s rigorous. safety. Yeah. yeah, full rollerblade safety <laughs> measures. God, those shows were so good. I wonder if we can track them down. Do they still do shows like that now? Are there, like, kid game shows? I don't know. I don't shows? think on Nickelodeon they do... I don't know. I guess we wouldn't really know, but... I don't... Yeah, I don't know. There's too many liabilities. Do Dude, American yeah. Gladiators pave the way for Legends of the Hidden Temple and Global Guts? I mean, is what I'm wondering. That's another thing that I wanted to do so bad, was American go on Gladiators. American Gladiators. Oh, yeah. So cool. Wasn't the, firing the giant Nerf guns uh, and uh, shit and like which also stuff. Nickelodeon the commercials 
for Nerf guns were so insane. I mean, it was all toy commercials, but I just remember like super soakers, yeah. Nerf guns. Oh man, it I was made like, you wow, want we're super like not soakers because cool so we don't bad. have these things. Straight up, we had a lot of stuff, a lot of toys, but we had a lot of like girly stuff for a while. And then I remember Caitlin always really wanted, obviously, like all the boy stuff and mm-hmm. super soakers and Do stuff. Do you remember when? I think a couple podcasts ago, I was talking about advertising to children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just, it's so effective. Because that was... Oh. It, it's yeah. just cheating, because you're like, fuck, I want that super right. soaker so bad. Mom! Give me, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then she's just like, god damn it, you know? Uh, it's like, it works for toys and for, like, pizza rolls. Those commercials oh, where it's yep. like, hey, mom, we need a snack. And then she comes out with, like, a huge platter of pizza rolls oh my god have you seen the snl pizza rolls commercials it's like an ongoing snl skit we gotta watch it after this everyone should find them but i forget uh i forget her name that does it but she's like my hungry guys always love pizza rolls and it's during the super bowl and it's like this Mm. ongoing saga uh, it's fucking hilarious they did uh, one every couple years or every year for a while but um it was incredible. It's one of SNL's, you know, top sketches. Yeah, everyone loves pizza mm-hmm. rolls. I love those recurring segments where they reboot it tastefully. Yes, that's always fun. Yeah, and then they become so self-aware and self, you know, referential. Yeah, double dare. Take notes if you're coming back and you're about to reboot it like 20 years later. You know, see yourself from a large lens. Right. Oh you know? yeah. I yeah. feel like the the challenges and everything can stay the same but you know add in a dash of most extreme elimination challenge and a little humor in there you know you can keep the you can keep the competition i would trust them to do it right yeah i really thought just speaking of um reboot stuff i really like the parks and rec little quarantine one shot that they did Mm -hmm. yeah we uh we watched that today and it was really nice that they didn't kind of they didn't ham on old bits too hard. Like, you have to do it to a certain extent, um, but it, it seemed like a genuinely new thing where they, they did it, even though the format was so different, they they did it in a creative way, which I really appreciate. Yeah. And they didn't, like, over... They didn't over-ham it. It didn't seem cheap. It was a nice blend of nostalgia and virus awareness and making light yeah. of everything mm-hmm. and then um staying true to characters and bringing people back and so i i just thought it was good it was funny yeah. it was yeah. like just a, a nice thing that fans of the show can really appreciate because in weird times you just like it's like having i don't know it's one of those shows that if you did watch it especially when it was on air that it feels very not only nostalgic, but I feel like it's just really comforting. I was just going to say, because, it's like, the it's comfort one of those shows, food of yeah. television. One it's of those like, shows, oh, like, if you've seen it good. once, you've probably seen it three or four times, mm-hmm. where it just was a really nice, you know, thing for them to do. Even if it was kind of more focused on raising awareness of different parts of all of this, it was still funny. Mm-hmm. It was one of the best raising awareness charitable things mm-hmm. that I've seen done. Yeah. I was like, this isn't just for gimmicks. I mean, it kind of is. But it's also, it was really well done for a good cause. Mm-hmm. It, it checked all the boxes. Right. Yeah. I'm all for it. I donated before it start. 
before it started. Just pop that link up, and mm-hmm. you can get all these people, you know, quote in one room to do this. I'm I'm for it. Yeah, you know. I mean, they're not doing other stuff. Yeah. So I know. Right. And and that was like part of what added to it was you could tell there was a little bit of crazy in all of their eyes. Like you could you could see yeah. it seep through. If they would have done it a few weeks ago or, you know, a month ago when it all kind of was hitting, I feel like it'd be really different, but now that everyone's had so much time because yeah. I think about like people in that kind of realm or who are busy in like the entertainment industries that you are pretty busy all the time and have other people that are kind of like organizing your stuff and you might not have a lot of free time but then when you do like if work is your whole life in that kind of sense then it's probably really jarring to all of a sudden not have that and have to figure out your normal life so i'm sure they like to do it too yeah they they're experiencing a social vacuum Mm -hmm. essentially i'm sure they're thirsty for attention can we talk about the uh, the greatest tragedy that has come about um, with the coronavirus? The Frasier reboot has delayed shooting. Aww, so sad. we're all going to have to wait, and who knows if it'll even happen. I'll send Whoa. you my thoughts and prayers on that one. Yeah, yeah I mean, like can... Vanderpump Rules is going to be delayed for filming now, too, so I'm pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys can send us as many care emojis on Facebook as possible, mm-hmm. we really need them right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm hurting. <laughs> I like Cuts how they, they restricted it, where you could only get the care emoji if you did something, and then they just gave it to everybody like two days later. I don't even know what that is. Care. Oh, it's a um, it's a little emoji guy hugging a heart, and mm. so now oh. there's like like love, laugh, wow, angry, and care. Oh, on Facebook. Mm. On Facebook. Oh, yes. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah, I've only care emojied <sighs> one thing, which was my friend announcing he graduated from law school, and I was like, I actually care about this care emoji. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know what to think about that. Every time a new thing like that is created, mm-hmm. I'm like, ah. and it's, I'm trying to balance me being like, is this actually stupid or am I being an old person? You know, where it's yeah. like, is it, am I, I don't know. I just have weird feelings about all the new stuff like that. It's like, because at the end of the day, Facebook's just, you know, this thing that's productizing you and trying to keep you on the website and it doesn't really care and it's just another giant horrific corporation the the care i i feel like it's specifically for when people post stuff that when you go to you know put a heart on it usually that means that you like something or you love it which can be like more of a positive thing and I feel like it's probably for when people are like, I've got really bad news and I'm going to yes, post a bunch of paragraphs it's expressing and then you don't really know stuff. what to say or yeah. how to react to it. So it's like, it just feels kind of dark. That's I a, feel like yeah. it's just yeah, that's... for like when you don't know what else to do yeah. and it's something sad. That's how I, that's how I interpret that is people will be sharing bad news. We need a way to literally or to virtually hug that person mm-hmm. to be like i don't like this status right but i don't I like feel this is happening you, to you but i feel but for you here's a little hug yeah. guy here's I've, some recognition i've felt so awkward in the past when someone announces like hey my mom passed away this yeah. week and i and i and i put a love emoji on it 
which feels kind of crazy because I'm like, I don't love that your mom died, but I'm sending you love. Yeah, and I feel right. like that's the which niche I think a lot for of the care emoji. Would know how to interpret it, but of it course. does still feel weird. Yeah, to me, the love uh, button is like a very enthusiastic like. So, what do you, I, what do you reserve your love button for? Stuff that I think is stuff that I love, where it's like, holy shit, that's awesome. I'm so I'm glad, glad that person's stuff. mom's dead. Yeah, usually no. it's cat. Yeah, <laughs> usually it's cat stuff. Um, if someone, if I posted something tragic and someone used the the love whatever, I guess it would be jarring to me at first, and then I'd be like, ah, I understand what they mean, but I would immediately take it as like, what the fuck? Like, just personally, yeah. I'd be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you love that everything in my life is horrible. <laughs> piece of shit you know sending love and now we have the care emoji thank you and i think that is what that's for i'm just ready for those fresh emojis to hit facebook i've had it since 2006 and you know we got the we got the panel a couple years ago can we more content there facebook (laughs) yeah i think i'm like officially done with facebook until i was using it kind of solely for events and now events don't exist yeah now it's just so, telling you which events are point. postponed yeah right i mean point. it's like all my notifications are like this event that you were interested in five months ago is actually not happening now it still like, is an okay. easy way to share like i just sent you an article today or whatever it's just an easy way to share stuff um mm. if i find something while i'm on my phone i'll text it to you but if i find something while i'm on the internet of my computer, I usually send it through Facebook. Yeah. Right. And other than that, I don't have much use I for I use it. the Messenger app because that comes in handy. Like, mm-hmm. if I need to reach out to somebody, I don't have their number, but we're friends on Facebook. Or, like, Jamie, normally when he's working, like, not at home and we're in the normal world, that's how I can get a hold of you during the day. Because mm-hmm. it's on it the open. computer. Yeah. I work on the computer. Right. I don't work on a computer, but I work on my iPad by adding lots of things to my shopping carts that I don't really pull the trigger to. <laughs> Except I can now, because your girl got her money! Oh yeah, yes. we forgot to... Uh, I'm sure everyone was waiting with bated breath right. for the resolution but of our cliffhanger. there was a little bit of a update from this week, because last week when we did this, I had talked to somebody at the unemployment office, and they were like, yep, uh, I think you're all set. That should be good. And they didn't actually fix anything Turns out on my not. account. Yeah. So then I spent like four more days this past week trying to call. Called over 200 times. 200 <laughs> yeah. times. With the first half of them. Jesus. Until I figured out how to save the number with all the prompts and like spacing them out with commas. It looks psychotic in my phone how I saved it because it was like the full number, one comma meaning the first prompt to the next line oh yeah and then yeah. for so commas could... each represents Whoa. like two seconds of a pause so then i had to time it out exactly how many seconds it normally took for it to ring to get to the other line where it would be like welcome to the michigan unemployment and sometimes it would i would hear it beep before it had gotten through and i'd hang up and try again whatever so there was probably about two or uh, probably at least a hundred times where i called where each call was two minutes then once i figured all that out my calls would be a lot quicker because I would get all those prompts would happen so fast that if I didn't get through to the next part, I just like found out sooner, wow. which was that's a insane. Uh, that's a cool hack to get yeah. through. Cause well, holy Alley shit. Cat sent me a link of somebody in another state talking about it. it was like somebody in New York 
uh, and they were having such a hard time getting through and they posted this long thing about how to do that. So then I just kind of like, I got so desperate that I needed to figure out how yeah. that worked. Um, which also is just like a good thing, even if it's like for some other kind of, you know, you're checking on your credit card or whatever, just any to save any number that way. Forever. Anything where it prompts you if it's a number that you call ever, <laughs> it's just like convenient to have. But anyways, I got through, what was it on Wednesday or Thursday? I got to the point where they, um, asked to take your phone number and that they'll call you back. They'll like save your place in line. And then I waited, I got through at 8.13 that day, which is 13 minutes after they open. Um, and they never called me all day went by and I was like, oh, okay. So clearly something happened. I got lost in the system. That's a whole day wasted where I'm kind of just like hanging out by my phone waiting. And then by whatever the next day was, I don't remember days anymore. Whatever the next day was, I called, <laughs> started calling at eight got through to the holding part by 9.30, but I decided to stay on the line. Or no. Yeah, I, I got through whatever to that part, you know, by 8.20 or something. I stayed on the line rather than having them call me because I was like, well, I don't trust these people anymore. Yeah, not anymore. So then a little before 10, somebody answers, and then he's like, I guess I must have pressed a prompt that said to file a new claim rather than questions about a, an, an existing one. So this guy answers and I explain what's going on and how I like know that it's this issue the way I filed my employer. And he was like, um, I need to ask my supervisor if that's like a thing I can do. And then he put me on hold for probably 10 or 15 minutes and then came back and was like, yeah, so that's not a thing that I can do, but I'm going to transfer you to someone higher up who can do that. And I was like, oh, uh, okay. And he's like, yeah, just stay on the line. looks like it'll probably be about an hour wait. And I was like, are you putting me back in line? Like at the end of the line again, I just wasted an hour and a half for nothing. And then I sit there on hold with the stupid music playing because I figure, all right, well, I'm not chancing it again with the callback thing. And then three and a half hours later, I still wasn't in and I was actually losing my mind hearing that fucking song. Yeah. So then I entered because every like minute or so, it'll go through the options again and remind you that you can put your number and have them call you back. So I did that. And then I think two hours after that, someone called me and my heart was racing so fast when I saw them calling me. Cause I was like, Oh my God. Okay. This is my one shot. Like they have to fix this. There was so much like anxiety and pressure to just get it done. And thankfully the guy after like 45 minutes on hold just with him while he went in to fix it, then he was like, okay, it should be all done. You should be good. And then 48 hours later, I got my money. And it was a pain Good in the ass. Lord. I'm so glad that, is that it worked insane. out. But I, and then I just felt like I was losing my mind and that I needed to tell anyone I knew who was having issues. Like my sister Courtney was also having problems. She ended up getting it fixed because my dad's coworker's sister works at unemployment office. And she was like all salty when um, he asked to help two people, <laughs> she and I. So she got helped the easy way, but she tried calling one morning too and she was texting me like i don't understand like it's literally not going through any part of this and i was like no you just have to keep going and i was sending her just paragraphs and paragraphs of all that same information she was just like what i wonder (laughs) how many thousands of other people are dealing with that right now just because that was like a lot to not only sit through and do but like to figure out those kind of weird tricks and stuff like there's a lot of people who first of all 
aren't going to think to look into that kind of stuff. Yeah, if or you're have not any idea. tech savvy, or yeah, if you don't and have... I'm barely tech savvy. Yeah. I like can use my iPhone. That's about it. That's just wild internet, that but... it that it took that much. But uh... yeah, in summation, almost a week of calling straight, where hundreds every, of times, every two <laughs> mm-hmm. minutes, it hangs up on you. And even if you get through to the queue, it's not guaranteed they'll call you back. So right. I mean. There's so many different levels of it, and it truly was, like, making me go insane. Well done on the perseverance, because I, I don't... I had to. I didn't I, know what else to do. I was like, there's literally no way that I can fix this online. I honestly don't know what I would have done in that scenario. I don't know if I... I mean, I guess I would have kept going, but I have a tendency to just say fuck it in situations too, like that. but that was quit, a lot of money on yes, the line yeah, yeah. to see that That's they probably why were going to give through. me that much money. And having no income for a month, I was like, well, I have to do it. Yeah. That's I would have of... driven to Lansing and been like, why are there so many Confederate flags here? <laughs> I can't just walk in. <laughs> Michigan was a state of the north. Mm. Anyway, yeah, it's so it's nice. Done. Yeah, it's so nice that you got through and massive props for persevering through all of that because you were thrown six curveballs that yeah. should have dissuaded Right. You know, anyone. And it's a travesty that it's that hard to get in touch. But you know what? The volume is is crazy. The volume is the is the only thing that makes that kind of situation <clears throat> understandable. That something yeah. like that could ever happen. But yeah, it's good that you're finally in the system and everything else. Um just saying that about Lansing just made me uh, realize that the protest didn't do anything. Except for spread more virus because the extensions got, or the um, quarantine stuff all got extended to the end of May anyway. So yep. fuck you gun-toting Nazis, you know. The the photoshopped images of all of them in Lansing where they've replaced all the guns with dildos has kind of <laughs> mentally <laughs> helped me that. through this time. It's so shameful that that is what people think michigan is now not that they're of course but that's that's the biggest news story that michigan has had outside of flint which is another terrible situation it's like the big news coming out of michigan is flint and psychopaths in lansing protesting all this stuff and it's just like man this is a really bad yeah. look Imagine for the state what america looks like in the world scope right now. Oh yeah, my I mean, god. It's been that and the president calling our governor that woman. So yes, like that's yeah. all we've got. Right. That's sad. I mean, America's been a joke, I think, since twenty sixteen and uh just in terms of global leadership and the fact that we are now the hotbed epicenter for the pandemic and we are handling it worse than almost any other country now is uh not adding to our credibility or no. chops no. and the fact that we've stopped funding the WHO we have taken a step back from America's usually the one that takes that leadership role and uh tries to coordinate and collaborate with other countries and you know tries to do what's right tries to be the adult in the room a lot of the times oh, I miss um, adults that's what I, I heard someone was sort of lamenting uh, the Obama presidency, just saying that Obama did that. He stood up for, you know, his faults and some of his other stuff. But it's like 
he tried to stand up, be the adult in the room and, and kind of take charge of the situation, which is what I think people, other countries look to America since world war two to do in that situation. It's like, Oh, a global horrific catastrophe who has the most money resources, uh, power mobilization skills. It's like, it's always America. Nice. Yeah. Shit. At this point, I would lament the Bush presidency. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I mean, when when I went to Europe during during the Bush presidency, everyone we were. I thought we were a laughing stock then. I thought George Bush was the epitome, and it's everyone's saying this, but it's like you know, I'd be happy to have George Bush back. I would be happy with Romney, McCain. You know, fuck it. Put Vince McMahon up there and see how that Vince runs. McMahon. Uh, you know, the it, Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hulk Not Hogan. even one of the good ones. Raven. Get Raven up I there. I would, I would vote for Hulk Hogan in 2020 mm. over Donald Trump. You know what I was thinking about? We need to split the vote. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get Brooke Hogan on the ballot. Oh God. As Jesus. Biden's VP. Oh my God. Anyway, these are just jokes, and it's terrifying to think about. I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. Allie. I was. I had this really random thought right before I fell asleep last night about in November, like specific. I mean, I don't even want to picture what will happen if he gets reelected, mm-hmm. and how much like doom will fall upon us all Mm -hmm. um but i was thinking about like well okay for the inauguration like they're not going to be able to have thousands and thousands of people gather for that and he'll still claim as the biggest one yeah i just had this thought of like if he's there again he's still gonna he's gonna like somehow make it like mandatory (laughs) that there are people there just so he can be psychotic and act like People well, are there people, for him. The gun-toting people in Lansing yeah, will all go. show up. Yeah, it'll just be Lansing. I've seen videos from, I forget what beach it was. I think Santa Clara Beach in California, just mm-hmm. packed full of people. It's just disturbing because just there are um, certain parts of the country where the curve is beginning to flatten and stuff, mm-hmm. but we're by no means out of the woods and the United States as a whole is basically the only country that hasn't gotten a downturn in terms of flattening the curve. We've plateaued. Um, We're still getting 30,000 new cases a day where it's just like, we're not ready to open up at all. I heard this week and I did not verify it as we've talked about in past weeks. It's important to verify your information. Yeah. But I read this week that uh, the United States has one-third of the coronavirus cases in the world. And whether or not that is true, I, I can believe it. When I, when I read it, I was like, oh, God, I believe it. Yeah, well, we quickly um, took the lead on that one in terms of we're, we have more cases than any other country. And obviously our, it's because of population and, you know... Uh, the real way to think about it is is cases per capita or whatnot. Uh, but yes, we have a shit ton of cases. In Since we're America. talking about like 
freedom and kind of kind of circling this this whole coronavirus thing again mm. i heard that uh, my co-worker posted a quote today um that just made me think and it was your freedom to swing your arm around ends when it hits me in the face Mm-hmm. And yes. I really enjoyed reading that and reflecting on that because whether or not your personal, you know, quote unquote freedom has been compromised, once you compromise someone else's freedom or yeah. health or livelihood yeah. or mortality, that's not up to you anymore. Right. Well, in the same way that you are free to own a gun, you are not free to shoot anyone with that gun. So it's, we have freedoms we we have never nor have claimed to ever have unlimited freedom even something like the freedom of speech does not famously allow you to shout fire in a movie theater you know yeah you cannot incite violence with speech blah blah um yeah we have limited freedoms because unlimited freedom is anarchy and insanity it's like you have to have rules the people in lansing are the reason that we have to have these rules to right because they don't actually understand what asses. freedom means yeah and they love to just talk about like this is america and we're supposed to be free it's like no you're confusing free with being a selfish asshole um mm-hmm. can we just like put dams on the outstreams of torch lake and just let everybody who wants to go party and get together go to one location and just have it be like leper island yeah i've thought about that a lot because people the country's so divided now that it's it's almost like you want to be like okay let's divide the country if you want it this way go for it it's so you know yeah, I go want, to that side i want and this is a terror <laughs> this is like how civil war started yeah but, we're, we're we're getting real but we're, but we're so tribally divided where it's almost just like there's very little hope of us i don't this is a different story but how do you foresee america coming together if something like a global pandemic doesn't have us all unite and we can't bridge this gap of left versus right hatred like how do we fix that that's a whole different thing. But my thing is like, okay, if, if all these alt-right people want to do all this insane shit, why don't we give them a little, like, you know, a little spot and let them go off and do it? Because that's what we would have, that's what they would have done a thousand years ago, which I'm not saying that that's the case. But it's like, if you want to make this conservative paradise that you think is the best place ever, I would love for them to test that out somewhere. Yeah. You know, I would love for to get some sort of conservative island and have them fuck it up. And then it's like, who are you going to blame when it's like these things clearly don't work? Everyone can have, you know, guns. There's no immigrants. It's just this whatever the fuck Nazi playground that whatever the fuck oh. that they want. But it's like, is that what will I'm just wondering, like, what will make them happy and what is the. It's just because it's so illogical and nonsensical to me. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, I mean, we've seen time and time again that there's always someone new to blame. You know, of course they'll they'll find someone. Well, because we've talked about this a little bit before, but you know, uh, if you are living in a small town and your job gets outsourced overseas, um, if you now 
get addicted to opiates or all these things that in some ways aren't necessarily your fault. You know, you, you get prescribed something by your doctor, your job's gone or whatever. These are sort of outside influences that are happening to you. Education system moves out. The factory moves out of town. Kind of like, what are these people supposed to do? And I feel like they're just... The Republican plan is just to... Uh, <laughs> great use of the word scapegoat here. Is to just scapegoat uh, minorities, immigrants, uh, the left-wing policies. Whatever it takes to rile these people up and get them full of hatred and anger to the point where they arm themselves and, you know, are protesting and doing all this shit. Um, I will just take this moment to reiterate something that we've covered a few times over these six weeks, which is the uh, disparity in information that people receive depending on which media outlets yeah. they listen, watch, ingest is large. It is vast. And you know what? Probably some of the things that we're really pissed about this week, others are on the other side are only very pissed about because there's been somebody poking that fire. Yeah, of course. That yeah, stoking going. It. But I wonder you know? if that's. Um, I wonder how much of that is correlation versus causation, or it's like, are you? Uh, you know, an angry alt-right whatever, therefore you watch Fox News, or do you watch Fox News and then become even more right-tilted? And I'm sure it's a balance and people start in different places, but I feel like Fox News exists to pander to the people's feelings and thoughts that are already out there. I don't think that Fox News is creating this. It is stoking the flame, certainly, but it is capitalizing on a market of people who already exist, who already are out there, who are hurting and struggling for different reasons. And Fox News is just saying, this is the, this is the reason for that. It is, it is turning the lens or like the mirror of their energy and focusing it all on this, on these different points uh, that they are in control of flashback to four-year-old rush limbaugh who gets his toy taken from someone who's slightly different from him yeah i always want to, oh my god did you see the alex jones clip going around on twitter how he's screaming out how if there were meat shortages he would kill and eat his neighbors oh my god oh. I, I believe mean, that but that's <laughs> everybody <laughs> if you haven't heard that google that shit he's like my daughters aren't gonna go hungry i'm gonna butcher my neighbors and string them up and all the shit it's it is insane the tweet that i saw it on originally the the whoever reposted the video was like this is a weird snickers commercial <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, not you when you're hungry yeah, yeah. turns but out he like, is the same <laughs> but i was like he is admitting to just he's just saying that he's gonna kill his neighbors yeah like what? At this point, can you imagine feel... just being his neighbor? Just that be fact alone, disturbed. Knowing that that's what he's doing inside his fucking house. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, uh, AJ, what the fuck, bro? Yeah. You just said you'd eat, kill, and eat us. <laughs> I'm not for assault weapons, but if you are Rush Limbaugh's neighbor, it might be the time to like. Just... It may behoove you yeah, to get. You one. might want to bunker up for yeah. a second, just in case. You know, you don't know what that guy's capable of. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, we've gone down a dark tangent. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's just so crazy. It's so crazy. It's and- it's hard to it's hard to watch. Um, you know what what you can call a data versus passion type of thing. You know. Yeah. You look at you look at the big picture one way or another, and and you see some some acts and some events being so illogical and so hard to stomach that it, it really it really does leak in, and you know. Can anyway. I can I run a hypothesis by you guys? I've been thinking about this. Uh, I've been thinking about this all week, and this gets into the more. We can get off that topic, but what you were just saying, this gets into the more broader aspect of that. And to simplify, you know how it's like they say you have like your lizard brain and your you know more human brain. So, is lizard brain like more id? Like more primal brain. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. It's just like colloquial. You know, you have your you have your th- rational thinking self, and then you have your more primal, uh, illogical, emotional self. Okay. Um, I was just thinking about how when you're, and just for the sake of simplicity, using the phrase lizard brain, when your lizard brain is angry or upset which can happen from old school primal things like you're hungry you're angry you've been wronged you know these kind of old school things it's like your it takes control and shuts down your logical rational cognitive abilities so the fact that if you're out of a job, if you're uh, struggling with addiction, or if you are worrying when your next meal is going to come or how to feed your family, that just limits your ability to think whatever your ability is naturally to think rationally. That just gets decimated. So it's like when you're in that, it's like the fight or flight mode, you know, it is activated continuously. Like you're in the state of stress you're never going to be able to, however, whatever good information or if someone's trying to make a reasonable argument, like all of that's out the door. And so I was just thinking about until we kind of solve these primal level, sort of like the base of Maslow's pyramid, you know, hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. until we solve those things, this higher level, like, why can't they understand, you know, or why, you know, education or um, self-actualization or anything like that. It's it's hopeless until we kind of address these things. So your hypothesis is if people's minds are occupied by base needs and lack of base needs, that they will not have time nor will they give enough um, thought into... Yeah. Other other avenues of thought. Yeah, I'm saying it's it's impossible for your brain to think like that. Whatever whatever your brain thinks about expands, right? That's a, a you know an old adage. Um, but if you're consumed by scarcity, you remember I, how we were, I think we were talking about like present alley versus future alley mm-hmm. or whatever last mm-hmm. time. But it's like everyone is stuck if they're trying to deal with how do I feed my family, how do I do this? They're stuck in the present. And the 
the prefrontal cortex or like the human the most human prior to your part of your brain that doesn't the one that we were talking about that doesn't finally mature till you're 25 or whatever mm-hmm. that part uh gets smothered by this primal lizard brain in these high stress high emotion fight or flight kind of scenarios so not only do you probably not have the time to think but I just think you are unable to think. Um, I was reading a really good article about uh, how the Industrial Revolution was supposed to give us all this more leisure time and things like that, and how historically, when people have more leisure time, they get more educated and tr- get uh, turned to science. And you know, people like Einstein and Newton emerge because and Darwin because. They're rich, so they have leisure time, and they do great things. But instead of instead of that happening in our current society, leisure time, we haven't worked less. We're still working eight hours a day. It's a third of our lives, uh, you know, dedicated to just work. But then the leisure time isn't spent... Uh, isn't spent like doing other stuff because you've been working all day it's spent kind of like self-medicating or trying to take a break or trying to relax so you don't have the time or energy to take care of stuff let alone kind of expand your mind to think about how to help humanity or what the future might be like or all these other kind of things when base needs aren't met you must focus your cognition on how to meet those base needs. Or else nothing else matters. And so you develop that lizard brain to take your ter- uh, your term. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's... What really resonates with me is um, from the uh, perspective of poverty, you know? Um, yeah. When you, when you really have to fight for food, shelter... These these lizard needs, yeah, um, just your, yeah, your basic human needs. Um, what you think that, about expands, and yeah. so you, oh my god, how am I going to feed me? How am I going to feed my dad? How am I going to feed my child? You know, whatever yeah. it is. And it's really um, hard to think of other people. You're not thinking of other people in that situation. You become selfish. You become short sighted, and that's. I think you extrapolate that to these selfish and short sighted people. And to me, that just seems like the answer. Do you think that their base needs are going to their vacation house and fishing? No. Um, I'm thinking more... See, I think that is probably more of a um, of a manufactured argument. I don't think that's a real argument for most people. So I don't think any of the people that were protesting in Lansing... I think very few of them probably have vacation houses that they're trying to get to. I think those people are the ones that are the most hurt and the angriest, not the not the rich people looking to go to their vacation homes. You know, I can't imagine going there and protesting. But we we should get off this yeah. subject. I like your hypothesis, and I would like to see it. You know, um, I would like to see a couple of experiments, but that would unfortunately be like longitudinal like well horrific circumstances for a few people there are a lot of scarcity experiments uh both monetary and time there's a great one where uh 
they took, um, I think these were students trying to, they were either students or, or, um, or seminary students trying to become priests. They, they, they did a, an experiment where they were like, okay, you have to go write this paper, but first we're going to tell you the parable of the good Samaritan where, you know, a guy pauses to help a guy on the road. And then they, while they're making their way across the quad to the next building, there's actually a guy, they set this up as part of the experiment. There's a guy on the ground being like asking for help. And the thing, it didn't matter if they'd heard the, the good Samaritan story. What mattered is if the experimenters had told them how much, if they were in a hurry or not, basically. So it's like, if you're under time scarcity, if you're like, holy shit, I need to write this paper for me right now, you're doing that. It's you first. Mm. But if you don't have time scarcity, if they're like, hey, you know, write the paper whenever, they pause to help that guy. And think about that in terms of time, money, all these other things. That's just one of many of these experiments. But these sort of things have been done. And Dude, just that's just... so depressing. <laughs> but no, that's, that shouldn't be depressing because it's like, okay, if you have your shit taken care of, then you're enabled to help other people. But ultimately, we are selfish and self-serving because it's like, I got to take care of me first. I got to put my oxygen mask on before I can help someone else put theirs on. If you can't breathe, you're not going to stop and help someone else. And just to tie back mm. a little bit, this is why I'm so in favor of universal basic income. Yeah. Because <laughs> it can UBI. help people solve those basic human needs and maybe it'll put that ox oxygen mask on them so they can breathe a little clearer and start to look around and maybe help somebody else. Yeah. I think, um, I'll step off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I really, um, I really enjoy that comparison to the, uh, the oxygen masks. I think that's one that many people can relate to, uh, but I would also say that it does take an extraordinary mind to put that scarcity aside and help that person, even if they have to get to a test, but or write that paper. But yes. those people are out there. Yes. But you have to override that uh, uh, lizard brain. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Just yeah. this or scarcity mindset, fight yeah. or flight. Just being stressed. You know. Yeah. There, there are people uh, out there that can do that, but I think they are few and far between. Yeah. And know? my point is, let's make the system serve everyone a little bit better and not rely on people to be saints in order to make the society work. It's like, let's design society for the common human rather than relying on saintly humans to go above and beyond despite us, you know, despite getting shit on and having their jobs be outsourced. Before we take our first break, I'd like to end on a George Clooney quote from the movie <laughs> The Descendants. Um, which I think applies to this situation. I give my kids enough money to do something, but not enough to do nothing. We'll be back. We're back. Yeah. We have lost Allie to... Um, it's not sun poisoning, but she, she was <laughs> no, out... Just 
yeah. you know we uh, as we mentioned before we had our first like 70 plus sunny day today in michigan and she Lord, took full advantage of oh, it and as we all should i mean yeah. <clears throat> we've talked about each week the weather a little bit and it's been snowy and kind of shitty so it's been really really nice to just hang out outside um and it inspired me to buy a bicycle today yeah, my, my nice. first adult, adult purchase yeah, adult bicycle yeah um one that actually fits my you know six five frame yeah um which has i, I mean i i rode it around and then uh stupidly i i drove my car to get it and i was like it's totally gonna fit in my car and then turns out that uh a bike for someone who's my size does not fit in the car and so mm. i had to leave my car on the street and bike back and so i got a nice uphill <laughs> test drive of the bike nice. um a nice on the brisk way ride yeah it was really nice <clears throat> um and i'm excited to <laughs> one be able to um to do that exercise wise but also i'm excited to dodge out of the way of people who aren't taking social distancing seriously yep you, you can know. quickly maneuver away from them you yep. don't have to rely on a car as much which mm-hmm. is nice um yeah i as soon as you said that it made me think because when i had one of my couple growth spurts or whatever i was for a while i was a 511 or six foot tall ki- person riding a child's bike for many years and uh <laughs> it just made me think of that it's i've spent a long time riding a bike that was way too small for me did you have uh a, an assortment of bruises on your knees from them hitting the hitting handlebars? the handlebars i mean i would pretty much have to stand up to ride it it was that yeah it was that kind of a situation i had to ride those... it effectively yeah uh, my mom got me a a mongoose, which was like, oh shit, mm-hmm. that was the cool brand mm-hmm. back in the day. And, did it have pegs? Uh, it did not. I specifically requested no pegs. Oh, okay. Um, no one. Need, it was before um, any sort of puberty, so there was no like, oh, oh yeah, this yeah. girl's okay. gonna you know be on the back of my bike, whatever. Um, but she got me this bike, and I thought it was so cool. And that fact cemented into my head to the point where I had it way too long. Like yeah. it was, it was with me for way too you long. You were attached to it. I, I was the one. I was projecting. I did have bruises on my knees from hitting <laughs> yeah. them. Did you have this yeah. problem? I <laughs> right. don't know. This is universal. I'm right? Asking for a friend. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, I got a nice. Um, I got a nice bicycle, and I'm truly excited to ride it around and, like, you know, take a Frisbee, hit the local park, and it just seems like a very, in especially in this time where we're, like, we're so restricted in our movements, being able to do that and um, go to a, a local park where no one's there and, like, play some Frisbee or some Can Jam or something seems like a, a lovely freedom. I think a uh, bicycle is a motorcycle for responsible people. Mm. Like, you get that, you get it, it's like motorcycle light. You get the wind in your hair, mm. you kind of get that sense of freedom, but, you know, you're not chunking along on a Harley or going 112 on a crotch rocket or something like that. So. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> um, my dad had a motorcycle before I was born. My parents lived in L.A., and my dad had a a motocicleta and um the reason that 
um, they decided to get rid of it is because they fell over on it, both of them. Mm-hmm. And my mom got burned on the, the tailpipe because yeah. it was still piping hot. Yeah, from... that's a not uncommon thing to have happen. Right. But... So <laughs> I'm glad that they're okay and everything. But, um, yeah, I can I can definitely feel the the motorcycle for responsible people remark. Yeah. I mean, um, just because it's when you, I mean, it's just freedom. I was going to say like getting a bike for a kid is like getting a car when you're 16 or whatever. It's just that additional level of freedom. You get to go fast. Mm-hmm. You Ricky Bobby, you know, it's, it's a good time. Uh, just overall. So I got to the bike shop and immediately, so they have like curbside, right? Like you can't go in the shop. Curbside just, bike service. Well, yeah, I mean, truly. Um, and it was the most people I've been around since quarantine started. Like we were all separate in the parking lot, but the, all other people trying to purchase new bikes. So though? let me, uh, all right, I'll paint the picture yeah. short, uh, in a short manner. I call, so we were talking about it, and Allie's like, oh, it would be a great time to ride a bike, you know, around the neighborhood. And I was like, you know what? You're right. It would be. It's time. It's finally time for me to get a bike. So I called uh, the Ferndale Bike Shop and said, hey, um, I'm looking to buy a bike today. It was 3 o'clock. They closed at 4 o'clock that day. And I was like, hey, if I come right now, do you have anything that would fit someone that's six five and can support you know x amount of pounds with the and they're like thick we, seat on it yeah they were and i don't know if this was like a really slick sales pitch or whether or not um it's true don't care <laughs> but they were like hey yeah we we actually do have one bike that's your size that uh, is used for what you're explaining you do. Like, I'm not going to go, like, on uh, hiking trails and or anything. Like, I can have yeah. a, a narrow like wheel a bike. racing bike. Yeah, like, as long as the pedals don't break off beneath my feet, which <laughs> did happen in college uh, in front of three very attractive girls. And it was very, very embarrassing. It always happens in, tr- in front of attractive women. It, exactly. So they're like, we have one bike... Um, yeah, you can you can come today or you can come tomorrow whenever you want. But honestly, like our business is so booming, we are swamped. Everybody wants bikes. Our distributors are backed up for weeks, so they'll send us bike kits like once a month, where normally it's like twice a week. Well, yeah. So anyway, I I decided to um, you know take the bull by the horns and go down there. And I get into the parking lot, and I'm wearing my mask, and I've got my hair tied back and everything, and trying to be responsible. And um, truly, there were probably 12 people in the parking lot, six of which had been serviced, three worked there, and the remainder were in line. The whole... um, the whole process probably took an hour, which I felt bad for them because I got out of there with my bike like 20 minutes after they closed. Yeah. But in the meantime, while I was getting my bike, the two people that were in line in front of me were these middle-aged women. And they were, uh, one of them was a immunology and virology nurse. And the other one was a doctor. Okay. And they were having, like, an upper-level conversation about coronavirus. Wow, okay. Which was really nice because I didn't have to, like, fanboy ask questions. You know, I was like, oh, my God, you're in the hospitals? Like, tell me tell me what it's like, <laughs> yeah. please. Like, I, I'm so thirsty for information. Yeah. 
And so I got to I got to hear them speak about their experience with the virus, and um, I learned. Are they a few coming things. on the podcast next week? I would love that, uh, Carol <laughs> and Lori. Uh, if you would like to come, I did tell them. Uh, I did tell them about the honkering, um, which felt you know slightly shameful. But one of, <laughs> one of them, the the immunology and virology nurse that I met, um, Carol. She was a traveling nurse, like our roommate, uh, former roommate Rita, where every once in a while, you know, every six months or whatever you pick, you go to a different destination. And so she, she moves every two years. And this woman was probably, if I had to guess, it'd it'd be like upper fifties, you know, 58. And she had gone from, uh, she came from Minnesota. She worked in, uh, Muskegon, Michigan which is north of here. And then she had just come to um, Metro Detroit by happenstance two weeks before coronavirus hit. Damn. So she's at McLaren Macomb, which is a, a, you know, a larger hospital by us. And anyway, so here are the things that I learned from her today that I want to convey to all of you. One, she was, she was like, like almost refreshingly honest about the fact she's like, Oh, I've had it. Yeah. I had coronavirus for sure. And like half of my staff had it too. Yeah. You know, she's like, yeah. Oh, we, we had nurses that were like, yep, we worked for two weeks. We got the virus. We took, you know, three, four weeks off and then we're back and we're working in the hospitals. Yeah. And I, and I hadn't seen that perspective before where they're just like, it was just so blatantly like, yeah, we got it. You know, and and now we're back. Well, because it's like they don't have time. One, you, if you see something all the time, you become desensitized to it. Mm-hmm. So we're like, oh my god, yeah. But they're like, one half of the people they're probably coming in contact with have it. They know that their likelihood of getting it, despite the best measures, are is still high. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I'm sure she was just like, it's it's old hat. You know, it's not even. It's like, she doesn't give a shit. It was so matter of fact. It was so refreshing to see that perspective where it wasn't, like, infantilized at all. You know, it was just what she had been through. No, yeah. uh, All the doctors and nurses I know um, are so professional and so matter of fact about things like that where just their mindset and demeanor are um, very next level when it comes to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to them, obviously this is a big deal, but in some ways they're dealing with horrific shit every single day. And this is another day on the job. I mean, it's a terrible situation and this is overwhelming, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think like battle hardened is not too much of a stretch in terms of what these people are dealing with. Uh, more often than not, just as a baseline. I forget what the word is. Maybe you know it, but people that are uh, attracted to other people's intelligence, I cannot think of the word. But uh, the reason that I bring it up is because in that moment when she was just so bluntly talking about it, Mm -hmm. and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got... she took her mask off at one point because she had it on. She's like, I wear this all week. Like, I'm just so sick. And she was yeah. like 10 feet away from everybody. Yeah. You know, it was fine. But but she took it off and she's like, yeah, I, I'm just so sick of it. Um, I have to wear this for work. It was just really refreshing to 
it was like it was an attractive feature about her to listen to her not embellish a single fact yeah you know it was exactly her experience and it was concise so anyway i think that comes from confidence and mastery yes so mastery nice older yeah. people uh one you you tend to get more confident and uh you know in yourself as you get older but someone who's been on the on the job for that long you know they are a master of their trade to a certain degree so she probably had more you know she has authority to talk like she was talking <clears throat> and it is refreshing and it is attractive to hear people in that position because it's like she was probably a fucking boss and she was just talking about it and you're like damn because you don't i don't interact with people like that very much because i don't right. act with too many with that many um older people or that many professionals on that kind of professional level um because like the people we talk to uh have varying degrees of confidence usually over unearned overconfidence but uh and then you know no no one in their 30s can say they're a master i think at anything um for the most part unless we're talking about like bagpipe and you picked it up at age six you know yeah unless you're um a chess prodigy or like one of those like little kids that's really good at river dance or something Uh, excluding those oh those angels yeah (laughs) um but you know what i'm saying so it's like the 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 mastery and the confidence and just the the ability to talk with just that matter of fact um that matter of fact confidence that uh comes through yeah she shared a few things and and her talking to the doctor um the doctor was in something completely unrelated to uh, like virology right yeah. it, w- it was a knee doctor right yeah. so n- nothing nothing to do with it but it but they were able to have a upper level conversation about coronavirus and i was able to listen and so the few things that i gleaned today that i was so happy that i heard is one she matter of fact said once someone has had coronavirus and they've like processed it and it's gone through their system they're not contagious as far as they know she she made the caveat that like it is a novel virus and this virus is an rna virus it's not a dna virus just like sars and mers those are dna viruses and this is an rna virus so it is novel we do not know everything about it but as far as we know and the nurses that have gone back to work and the doctors that have gone back to work after having it with uh you know minimal complication they're not infecting other people so again as we've prefaced multiple times on this podcast neither of us are health experts none of us are health experts but from from the uh what do you call it from the mouth of the straight from the horse's mouth straight from the horse's mouth this woman was convinced she had coronavirus past it carol you are a fine steed yeah of she, a woman uh, what <laughs> what a, uh you know i'm just imagining like a braided mane like you know equestrian <clears throat> trouncing about anyway carol was a centaur yes um and so sh- uh, the second thing that i wanted to share is um she said that the coronavirus was presenting in very interesting and borderline um 
outside the normal scope of diagnosis ways. And what I mean by that is she said that one of the common factors that they've been experiencing just in her hospital was that there were um, blood clots that were causing strokes. But most commonly, um, in her experience, in the feet. Yes. She was saying that coagulation, like down in the, the lower extremities... They, you know, you wouldn't ask someone to take their shoes off, but they're they're rewriting the book, you know. Um, but she said that a lot of them were experiencing that, and and the difficult, like the gray area for them, was diagnosing what is and what isn't has yeah. been so hard for them because it's presenting in such crazy ways. Yeah, and she she even said she goes, you know, it. it it reminded me of well i'll get to my point first she she said it reminded her of um before the coronavirus there was like a three step like three questionnaire three question questionnaire where they would ask someone a few like outboarding questions and they'd be like okay you're good like you no 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 you've got this or you don't have this this or this you're good to go and she's like we should be ashamed of ourselves because we should have been asking 20 questions. Yeah. We need to, we need to have so many more indicators. And it really reminded me of, um, the difference pre and post nine 11, not to get too dark, but like, you remember how easy it was to get through airplane gates Hop onto an air. Yeah. yeah. Go through, just walk into the airport. No one gives a shit. You walk right up to the gate. Yeah. Dog, know? I bring my 12 ounces of shampoo in there. They yeah. don't even notice. Yeah. But truly, um, it reminded me of that because the restrictions got so tight yeah. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And, and they've loosened a little bit since then. But but she openly admitted that there was that middle ground there. Um, so she said that the, the coagulation in the lower extremities as well as... Um, as well as just them not being able to trace it from one organ to another. Like, they don't know what's causing what, you know, if it's an underlying condition. Yeah. Um, so, I guess the, you know, the overarching thing is... They're still figuring this out. I mean... Oh, Lord, yeah. that should For be sure. apparent to everybody sure. that's paying attention. But... um it really struck me how many different bodily systems were at play. So uh, initially, when at the at the start of the pandemic, um, it was thought to be a upper resp- like a respiratory illness, where it's like it's mm-hmm. affecting the lungs. Um, but the ACE two receptor is is located on all these different organs throughout the body and that is what the it's called the spike protein and the and the virus kind of uh how it infects the the cell directly is through this ace2 receptor okay and um the ace2 receptor basically uh is involved in regulating your blood pressure so there's ace2 receptors in uh in your lungs on your heart, in your brain, on your kidneys, in your intestinal tract. Uh, so basically nowhere. Yeah, basically nowhere. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, but it's all over your body because, yeah. I mean, blood pressure regula- uh, regulation is so huge. So um, it can infect all these different 
organs. And so normally, uh, it, it would, um, and I, I read that basically like the first SARS would jump right into the lungs and it would pretty much stay there. Um, this one can get in through the throat and hang out in like your throat and nose. And that's why people are also having crazy symptoms like losing, uh, taste and smell. Like, wow. Like two weeks before any other symptoms, sometimes you will lose your sense of smell. Yeah. Um, which is a crazy symptom. Just real quick. Uh, Carol did, um, echo how hard it was to treat because almost always two weeks asymptomatic as far as they knew before any symptoms show when you're most contagious. I mean, you know, just like a, a few other things we're familiar with. She echoed that and that, you know, that hit home because people people take it easy you know i'm fine you know well i feel great yeah and that's the whole the whole reason that we're not the whole reason but part of the reason of social distancing and even if the fact that you feel fine or whatever a lot of people presenting have no symptoms don't have a fever don't have anything to do with their lungs still have coronavirus still are spreading the virus around yeah uh, but they feel fine so you know until you get tested, assuming everyone has it, assuming you have it, is the safest way to prevent uh, transmission. But, yeah, it's crazy. It affects all these different organs. Um, they're still trying to understand. So if it does, um, I saw these crazy MRIs of people's brains that have been affected by it, where they have, like, brain, like regions of brain death from hypoxia because it's affecting their brains. So Jesus. Yeah. So once again, not the flu. This is an insane virus regions of their brain affected by hypoxia, which if you don't know what that is, that's way too low levels of oxygen. Well, so they, they looked like they were affected by low oxygen and, and, uh, when going into the blood clotting stuff, it's like the problem with that. And the reason it happens in the feet is that there's all these tiny little blood vessels. Mm -hmm. And if you're getting blood clots in there, um, one that's bad straight up. Uh, it can heavily damage the blood vessels, but if you can get a blood clot, it can go travel into your lungs and be a pulmonary embolism or in your brain and you can get a stroke. But even if you have kind of like a micro, clot you know it can get in your brain and it can presumably cut off a little bit of oxygen for a little while and and it's just like it's crazy anyway it's like the the level of shit that this and then people are having kidney failure people are having people are having like bloody diarrhea from coronavirus and like all people are having permanent heart damage uh yeah all kinds of crazy shit the um what what most struck me about like kind of the um the overview of what carol was saying was hey we're still figuring it out it's moving from place to place in the body and we don't really know what those tags are that we can track 
and it seems like it's just exacerbating a lot of pre-existing conditions which is kind of like any anything like this is it will you know it'll find your weakness in your immune system so uh blood pressure issues are one of the biggest uh indicators of type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome and people who have those things are having way more severe uh responses to this disease than anything um people with pre-existing conditions and men are basically in the worst category men are dying at like twice the rate as women and uh people with pre-existing conditions uh usually having something related to blood pressure um because mm-hmm. if you have shitty blood pressure you actually do have more of these uh ace2 receptors yeah. so there are more doors for the virus to walk through in certain ways um which is which is not good so uh so it's important to stay healthy all the time but staying healthy right now is even more important yeah do you think that and i'm just spitballing here but do you think that there's a way that we can communicate to those that don't take it seriously enough from another angle where like okay it's attacking tiny blood vessels in your feet what could that do to your sexy parts yeah um when people have diabetes and heart disease uh, erectile dysfunction is a common side effect of that, actually. Mm. So, um, and people have used that argument uh, for getting healthier. Doctors have used that argument for getting healthier as well. Yeah. It's Call probably it why evil. so many, I mean, okay, think about what I just said. Pre-existing conditions have to do with blood pressure and men and old people. Guess who's taken Viagra? Mm. Those three, you know, that <laughs> that triple cohort. God, if we ever do find a cure, we better sprinkle like 5% into Viagra because I feel like that's going to be, you know, just a, a great service towards that population. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the fact that she was, that's what I think more people uh, need to realize. The fact that she was saying just how new and um, crazy and how we're still figuring out this virus. Uh, I think more people, I'm not, I'm just not sure how many people are aware of that because the news stories that I've seen about stuff like that have come out a little bit more recently. And a lot of people I've talked to kind of got burnt out on coronavirus news sure. after the first couple weeks and they're like fuck i can't listen to any more of this news i'm done with it like miss me with the coronavirus shit but it's like there are i know it can be overwhelming critical updates but you gotta check in and uh and try and be informed on these things because you do not want to be you don't want to be on the wrong side of reality when it comes to something that really matters in reality like this couldn't agree more um and so i've really been enjoying my bike yeah (laughs) (laughs) um 
It's it's yeah, a, like I I wasn't expecting the wholesome story of you getting your adult bike to degrade into that kind of a conversation. But no, I honestly, think it's I think it's worth it to have had that conversation. But I just wasn't expecting that. No, I know me either. But I I happily transitioned it over because honestly, Carol, if there's anyway this reaches you i guarantee it doesn't <laughs> but you you enlightened me a little bit today and your demeanor was honestly very confidence inspiring and i appreciate that yeah thank you good. so much and enjoy your uh time at your next stop which is vero beach florida which is where my uncle lives wow and that enjoy small your, world enjoy your new bike carol yeah uh <laughs> she was just getting a tire change so oh, okay. enjoy your new tire carol. okay <laughs> yeah all right um, but no, honestly, I've had a fantastic day. Woke up, Allie's sister oh, yeah. made us some... some. You had some other. We had met. You had many. You had many strokes of good luck. We collectively had some good luck as well. Today was the first day where um, I told Allie uh, about three hours ago. I was like, "This was a good day by regular standards. Yeah, not quarantine standards. Like I had a." good day today yeah let me i'll give you a quick overview yeah, it was a so regular good day <laughs> i wake up all right slightly hungover. we didn't drink all week this week we uh we thought it was time for a break and then um yesterday friday was um we decided to make some old fashions and and have some fun i had a wonderful night so i wake up with a bit of a headache i'm like all right you know how's this day gonna be i get you know, I got my Gatorade powder people, which I'll go on a rant on that later. I get some <laughs> electrolytes. I get hydrated. Bam. And then it turns out Courtney Shea, Allie's sister, has made us homemade bagels. And Nick is down to make us bagel sandwiches. So, like, pretty much my first experience after winning a game of Apex Legends, I will tell you, just in case any gamers are listening. After that, we have bacon egg bologna cheese everything bagel sandwiches and they was real good and holy shit like they, you know the few things that i miss about general society they can all be you know related to a bacon egg bologna cheese everything bagel, bagel sandwich <laughs> yes and that so, represents normalcy yeah and so we have those um we hang out outside for a little bit, Allie and I just, you know, bask in the plus 70 degree weather. And then, you know what? The the one one of the major upsides of this isolation and quarantine, you can take a nap whenever you want. Well, you missed you missed one cool another great thing we did is watch a great episode of Ooh. of uh fucking god why can't i think of the name of that show right now uh are you talking about the outsider yes talking i'm about... talking about the outsider okay i'm also talking about um the other show midnight midnight gospel midnight gospel which is a very trippy cartoon show on netflix and the outsider a also kind of trippy sci-fi thriller on hbo watch two great episodes of tv yeah. just in between all these things but yeah uh, go ahead both honestly were very good like i when you were like, "Hey, this this shows uh, the uh, talking about the Midnight Gospel," it's very it's supposed to be like one of the trippiest things, and it was a lovely, it was a lovely animated show where you could tell that just two dudes that got along and had like a similar, a similar vibe recorded 
voice work, and then they animated so well over it. See, I don't think it was like that. because I mean, maybe part of it was, and maybe that conversation was inspired by that, but I really want to see what the other episodes are like. Yeah, we just and, watched the pilot. And a lot of that also... Because a lot of it was recorded in reference to the things that were going on, but it was like they were having two different conversations. Anyway, I, I see... A lot of it was like that, but, and if you check the episode out, you'll kind of understand what we're talking about, but we won't have to belabor that, but if it was you, good. It was just well done. Yeah. Uh, agreed. hundred percent. If you like, um, Rick and Morty, super jail, if you, if you're down for those, uh, wacky adult cartoons, check that out. See what you think. Yeah. And also Allie and I have been watching Tuca and Birdie. But anyway, the bit of get... that the bit of that I saw I really liked. I was surprised at how funny that was. I yeah. not like surprised, but I was like, "Oh, another Netflix cartoon show, you know, <laughs> there's like 20 of them now." But it was so good. Uh it was really funny the one episode that I saw. Yeah. So we watch um Midnight, what's it called again? Midnight Gospel. Midnight Gospel. Yeah. So anyway, good TV. Back yes. onto your luck streak. Good TV, and then we go outside and we, you know, just enjoy the weather. And then about, I'd say, 35 minutes into enjoying the weather, a nap hit. You also, know? Doug ran by today. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, like, all kinds of shit was happening, guys. We got a visit <laughs> from a nice friend who ran 2.8 miles, as was tracked on his Apple Watch, to come see us, which he was really great. He stood a proper great. distance away, everyone. Yes, Already yes. It was a very responsible hang. Um, and we did take into effect that he was exercising, and so it was probably more like 15 feet. But yeah, we fine. gave him a glass of cucumber water. And uh, and had a chat. So I wake up. I've got a delicious <laughs> meal. I've watched a great show. I get to see one of my best friends. And then I get to take a nap whenever the fuck <laughs> I want. Which was fantastic. And when I woke up, Allie was still outside. Um, which was, you know, like 80 minutes later. Which probably Contributed to that sunburn. Yeah. That's maybe why she's not here right now yeah. with a little bit of sun poisoning. Also during those peak like noon to 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. sun times. She's come a long way though. She didn't like sunscreen when we started dating and now she is mm. very much about sunscreen and being responsible. But yeah. anyway, so, so, so <laughs> I wake up from my nap and um, I go out to see Allie and she's like, man, I wish we could take a bike ride. And it just all hit me that it was time. Yeah. You know, I have this old 1984, older than me, Schwinn bicycle in, uh, Nick, you're in my old house, Stackhouse. It's still in the garage of Stackhouse. Mm. And I've been trying to get it from, um, previous owners yes. who w w won't be named. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> and so I just, I just had a come to Jesus moment where I was like, no. It's time to get a new bike. Yeah, sacrifice that bike. Yeah. So it, to, it, even if I mean if it's still there. Going back to me snapping through a pedal on the Michigan State University campus like 
I don't need an old bike anymore. No. I need something new. All right, you know. Um, so anyway, you're an adult. I'm I'm an adult. My age starts with a three. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> and and so I deserve a bicycle. Yeah, Allie was like, we should go for a bike ride, and it just kind of like <laughs> like momentum revved me up to where I was going to the uh, the bike store. Before I know it, talking to Carol, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I got the perfect bike. Got a bike lock. Got a bike pump. I'm totally in the clan now. Catch me on the cycle, gang. And then. Um, <laughs> This week, I ordered some shorts brewing beer on, uh, it was Wednesday, and they're like, hey, we'll just deliver it to your door. And it was super cheap. It was like, uh, like you were buying it at a, at a wholesaler, uh, like wholesalers, yeah. great way to put it. Yeah. It wasn't even like a retail store. Yeah. It was, it was cheaper than that. And so, um, you know what? It turned out that I knew someone in common with the guy that was dropping off the beer for us, and we we ended up getting a, a wonderful value and uh, getting to try some some new some new brew. Yeah. And so I am thankful for downtown Ferndale Bike Shop. I am thankful for Shorts Brewing giving us delivery beer yeah and i'm thankful for carol it's been a really really great day like you also got a twitter today oh yeah yeah i started a twitter today um just we really packing it in to this day happened today (laughs) it's been a great day let's Uh, let's put this on the calendar because while we all know that april was just like a mystery month uh, full of smoke and mirrors i think we can record this day as like remember that day that jamie got a bike and twitter and all this shit i think today might be uh my first like anchor point of the entire quarantine (laughs) where it's either before wait did you have a twitter then it's gonna be like before did you have a bike then it's gonna be like before or after that day uh i did make a twitter at jamie mossart today I've had an anonymous Twitter, as we've alluded to before now, but it was just for stuff that was so stupid that I didn't want anyone I know mm-hmm. to hear. Yeah. But now um, I'm starting to embrace it. 14 years after I made a Facebook, I made a Twitter. Yeah, welcome. And so we'll see how it goes. Welcome to Twitter. It's, I, I'll it's be honest, great. I'm so slow on the menus, and it's driving me insane because I'm so quick with all like the Snapchat, the Instagram, the Facebook, all that. All the Twitter menus, honestly, uh, you don't you don't interact as much on Twitter th- through the menus. It's really liking, retweeting, and replying. Okay, what the fuck is it when you're you're writing a tweet and it gives you an option to add another tweet? Yeah, what so is that? What? That's like a th- you can make a thread, so you can uh, tie multiple tweets together. I've read those. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that is. Like when people do like one X or like you know one of however many. So that's indicating that it's like, hey, I've got more than one thing I'm going to post, and this is kind of why I, I don't know. It's like I don't know if that loses the point of Twitter. Twitter's kind of mutated into this weird thing. But um, I'm new. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But so some of the best threads are anyway. Good Twitter threads are great. There's something called uh, the Thread Reader app, and if you click like I don't know how this is done, but people will do it under threads where they will say Thread Reader app unroll, and it will. It's a website, and you can click a link, and it has all the tweets in on one page on the website 
It's great. I it, love that. Yeah. So I will, if there's an amazing Twitter thread, which I find a lot of, I will look in the comments. I should figure out how to do this because I utilize it so much and I'm an idiot. But I look in the comments and someone else inevitably has always, like, usually already done it. Um, so I don't need to. But they've unrolled this thread and you can click on a, on the website and it's already there, compiled. And, um, you know, I have a lot of, I bookmark stuff for later or I'll, I'll be like, man, I should take notes on something later. Like a lot of these epidemiology uh-huh. threads or like, you know, people going off on philosophy or something like that. Or cats. Or cats. Um, yeah. Actually, I, I don't, I no longer follow any, uh, any animals on Twitter. I've been reading all this philosophy and, uh, I've been reading uh, stuff about Voltaire, a uh, great French philosopher, mm-hmm. but um, I don't, he, Voltaire didn't say this, but uh, he was talking to someone about, anyway, he's making this point where he's so worried about philosophy and all these crazy things, and his he's talking to this other guy, and he's like, look at your neighbor over there. It's this, uh, you know... It's this older woman. She's just Alex gone. Jones is salivating. Yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go on. Well, yeah. <laughs> Look at your tasty, tasty neighbor over there. You could be stringing her up right now. Um, <laughs> but an old woman just like gardening uh, without a care in the world. And he's like, you could be like that. And he goes, he goes, yeah, sometimes I, I think about, you know, happiness and, and ignorance but he he has some like dope quote, but he's just like he's like that's not what I'm trying to do in my life, and it resonated me with <laughs> this probably won't surprise people that know me, but it's like I realize that happiness for me is not the end all be all, and uh, that I would rather have wisdom and meaning, even at the cost of you know suffering and some degree of pain that comes with touching reality um rather than happiness and i just came to that conclusion that's i mean i think that would qualify as an epiphany yeah do you uh, think that molly um, calls them nick epiphanies because i have them yeah but uh yeah it was kind of an epiphany because i was just like holy shit that's it's one of those things that you think but you Everybody, never say to yourself. Everybody's searching for happiness. I mean, all you hear about on social media, yeah. on the news. As you it's know. this end-all, be-all yeah. goal. But where it's like, I, what? First of all, I think a lot of people... Enlightenment is so much tastier. I think in the long term. And that's a term, massive distillation. But you get yeah. my point. I, I, think, I think happiness... Well, first of all... I think a lot of people don't really think about what happiness is or what it means. And they have this vague notion of like, oh, I'll be able to do whatever I want and I'll be joyous and, you know, whatever. I'll be able to sit on a beach and, you know, have margaritas all the time. But it's like that kind of gets old. And I feel like that's the um, that's like a happiness that's sold to you by corporations and shit but like real happiness comes from finding what gives your life meaning and purpose and then working to pursue that uh to me because otherwise happiness is fading 
you know, it's like there's the there's the hedonic. It's called the hedonic treadmill, where it's like you can have a great experience, but you know, then what? What's next? Or it's like, and you can only sit on the beach and drink margaritas, cool, for a couple weeks, whatever. But then yeah. it's like, then that gets boring. And then what? Uh, and it's like, what are you gonna dedicate your life to? And what are you gonna? How are you gonna find meaning? And it's like, of course, I'm not <laughs> anti happiness, but I also just don't think that. My end goal is not just to be happy because I'm happy all the time. You know, I'm a very content and happy person, despite what it might sound mm-hmm. like. <laughs> I'm pretty content. See, here's the thing. Uh, another Nick real Epiphany quick, ahead. Real yeah. quick. Before that next Nick <laughs> yeah, Epiphany. Yeah, sorry. I think I think that it's, it's wonderfully exemplified by uh, live like you'll die tomorrow. Learn like you'll live to get uh, forever. Yeah. It's important to have a purpose or a long-term goal and to have like an overarching aspiration for where you're trying to go. And whether you're finding that or not is fine. If you haven't found out what you want your purpose to be, that's, I mean, it's all part of the journey. And this all sounds very ambiguous and vague, but I I mean it literally. I mean, you're going to spend some time trying to figure out who you are. Once you figure that out, keep that big picture in mind, please, because that enlightenment, that end of the road or consistently pushing back of the end goal is going to bring you more enrichment than happiness every day. That's my point. Yeah, I think it um, There's a famous book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, who was a... um, uh, World War II concentration camp survivor, and he says something like, "The soul can bear any how if it has a why." Where it's like, if you have a purpose and a meaning, if you know why you're doing something, you can tolerate a lot of suffering. And coming from a Holocaust survivor, I feel like that's a very powerful statement. Yeah. So that's sort of what I'm trying to say. Where it's like, if you find your why. You don't have to be happy all the time because a lot of times doing meaningful work or doing something that matters sucks or there are parts of it that that suck. Like Mm -hmm. struggle can be rewarding if everything just, you know, is handed to you. That's not that fun. Like struggling and winning and achieving is is a is a much better fulfilling drive than just, you know hitting a dopamine switch or you know whatever the case may be in the ignorance is bliss and smooth seas never made for a skilled sailor yeah these are constants very true yeah uh i forget what my second nick piffany was in the moment i got a bike today yeah that's sick (laughs) know what's something that'll just make you happy is going on a bike ride that is a great little you know that's happiness oh man Guys, it's really, really nice to feel so fast and feel the wind in your hair. It's really good. Yeah. Motorcycle light. I have some friends that have gotten like those um, electronic skateboards. Oh, I thought you were about to say Peloton. The distance, especially in this time, is the most important where you can change the scenery and um, really be alone, you know? What's a, what do you mean an electric skateboard? So they is that have something these, the kids have these think days? Of a, think of a skateboard, 
but instead of having to push it, there's a battery that drives the wheels. <laughs> okay. And like so a, like you, a Segway? You have a little, in your hand, like kind of like one of those um, golden eye proximity mine uh, <laughs> yeah, detonators, a, a detonator? but, it, but it just speeds up your skateboard instead. Okay. And so you can ride a skateboard without doing any work <laughs> besides balance. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I'm all for it. You can just, I mean, whatever your mode of transportation was when you were a kid, like, you know, go ahead and simplify it. Get away from your house. Yeah. And enjoy it. As long as it's at a safe uh, social distance. Yes. You know? Yeah. I'm not uh, promoting intermingling if that uh, 20 to 30 minute rant about uh, the Lansing protests didn't tell you. Yeah. We're all about safe social distancing. Keep your electric skateboards away from one another, for <laughs> God's sakes. For no, God's truly. sakes, keep them away from each other. You heathens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, Kim Jong-un's probably alive. Oh, yeah. We we didn't really follow up on that after uh, last week. So, yeah. Uh, South Korea said he's probably alive. But anyway, we don't know if Kim Jong-un is alive or dead pretty sure he's alive though actually i guess not pretty sure but south korea says he's alive as of a few days ago or whatever i mean tmz said he was dead who do you want to believe who's to say who's (laughs) Who's to to say say? we talked last week nick um this is a pivot but about um unemployment and stimulus checks yeah tell us your update what's going on with you Oh, I mean, nowhere near like Allie's level of update, but I did end up getting my stimulus check, which is nice. So I now, um, I now have no complaints really, you know, the government has, uh, done, has taken care of their end of the bargain. Um, that did just make me think of, unless you want to continue down that path, I don't have too much more to. No. to say about that no. uh, about that but it did just made me think of um of unemployment and the state of the restaurant industry mm. right now because i've been reading a lot about how even when we do so like in georgia and places that are kind of opening up there are reports of you know people still not coming out to restaurants which is not shocking so no. th- there are a lot of people that even when the distancing measures and and whatnot are lifted especially in the context of a restaurant where it's a tightly packed space where you're not going to wear a mask you can't wear a mask to eat so it just like the the logistics of going into a restaurant are really bad and um yeah i just wonder when or how it will be profitable for restaurants to reopen um not to mention every other theaters, bars, all retail, you know, things like that. But I, I just feel like restaurants have, have additional unique weird challenges where it's like chefs are constantly tasting food. You know, they can't be wearing masks necessarily. Servers can't wear masks. The restaurant can't be loud. If you have to sit every other table or something like that, that almost makes it more awkward and weird. Um, I think we should... Uh... I think we should talk about the industries we care about that have been affected after the break. 
if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's more or less all I had to say about it. I just think it's crazy, and I just I've just been ruminating on the lingering effects, even when the the first wave of this has calmed down and we reopen. Just lingering effects, and you know, when people are like, "When will it get back to normal?" Well, it's like I think things might have changed semi permanently for a while. We're going to talk about those semi-permanent changes, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Spanish flu infection curve. Oh, God. Do we want to go there? I mean, briefly. Okay. And and we'll talk about, you know, just to keep it brief, the restaurant industry and the music industry. Yeah. During these times. After the break. Sure. We're back. Yes. We figured we'd uh we'd talk about a little bit of the grand scope. A little bit of uh you know, they say if you don't learn your history that you're doomed to repeat it. And a yeah. a large pandemic like this hit our country and the world about a century ago. The Spanish flu. Yeah. It's the biggest, uh, the most notice- noticeable and biggest one, but there have actually been many pandemics, uh, even in the modern world. But um, I, I just heard recently the quote that uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but human nature does. <sighs> and I think that also um, our <laughs> our failure to learn, I think, from some of these pandemics uh is is really is really illuminated here um especially in this situation where uh i think we can all agree we probably could have handled the situation a little better um mm-hmm. but yeah so just speaking of we kind of wanted to give you or we were just thinking about the long-term implications uh as i touched on before just the restaurant industry the industry i'm closest to um the implications of that are pretty staggering uh i was just telling jamie that i read a statistic where in the last couple of years restaurant spending has actually overtaken grocery store spending as as far as how people get their food that's so wild yeah like overall for america i believe it was just for america yeah yeah um but yeah, nonetheless, it's like even if it was fifty fifty or or whatever, the fact that so many people rely on restaurants uh, so much for their food, and the fact that that segment uh, of industry has just been shut off in in basically the blink yeah. of an eye, boom, just done. Not a decline, not a whatever. No, just straight to zero. And, Faucets off. Yeah, and. Uh, and the way it might bounce back is is going to be challenging. So we were talking about how, you know, uh, our kind of quarantine, social distancing situation in Michigan has been extended till uh, the end of May. But say that even we, you know, things are at a point where we 
don't have to extend them into June. We reopen uh, stores and restaurants and things like that in June. But just because they are open doesn't mean that people are just going to flock back to these restaurants. And nor do nor do we want them to necessarily and and this brings us or me to like the next point which we were going to talk about is the way pandemics historically have worked is that they come in waves look at the infection graph of the spanish flu in the early 1900s and there's a there's a little bit of a hump initially and then the second wave of infection is almost double from yes. what from what I've observed. Yeah. And man, you got to be careful of when when the these restrictions are let up when you can go back out into public legally what you should be thinking about, you know. Yeah, so I mean not I don't want to get like too I don't think this is depressing and maybe maybe it is but I think it's the reality Bring me is, to tears yeah the reality is that uh historically pandemics usually tend to last for 18 months we're only a couple months into this thing uh, what like two maybe three well I mean considering the start in uh say late december early january okay so three to four well i guess we're five months in but america is is two to three months in whatever each country has its own sort of timeline but either way we're nowhere close to kind of this 18 month situation where we're not going to be back to normal in any kind of I don't think ever again, but not even in terms of like starting up and being free of this thing until summer of 2021. And I just think it's important for people to kind of figure that out and get used to it and not to harp on the people in Lansing again, but it's like, yeah, we can reopen whenever we want or whatever. You can do whatever you want. That doesn't change the fact that we're in this for the next year. In some way, shape, or form, uh, this is only the first wave. There will be a second and and maybe more waves. The second wave is typically even worse than the first wave. And the one thing that we can do is just take this seriously and try and do what we can. Uh, But hopefully to learn as we allude to it's like there have been many pandemics in the course of human history and even in the modern era um there were five influenza pandemics after the spanish flu you know it's like yeah there's there's pandemics that happen all the time the most recent ones 57 68 you know every 10 years or so there is a pandemic or possible threat of a pandemic. Um, we're a way more interconnected world. Uh, we are coming in contact both, both in terms of, um, foreign or exotic animals, but even something like the bird flu. Yeah. Poultry 
processing plants and you know right now in america it's like meat uh, processing plants are being hit hard because these places are confined indoor things that are dealing with lot like you know killing animals which is since humans uh started domesticating animals we've had a problem with these things from the plague and all this other shit but you know not to digress too much we should be learning lessons from these things and we could be doing so much better to one have prevented this outbreak which it is what it is but this is not going to be the last outbreak nor is it going to be the last crisis that we face as a human species i'd love to hear your advice to to i i guess americans when when the government restrictions are pulled when it is relatively quote back to normal yeah and and everything is open. Are what you talking, would you say? Are you talking about in three months or in in eighteen months? In three months. In three months, I would say, uh, be healthy. Still, you know, be safe. I don't think in three months anything is is going to change. Just because the curve is flattened that doesn't mean that the virus is gone it just means that the hospitals aren't going to be overwhelmed immediately but if we keep acting like if we act like nothing is wrong and that this thing is not out there are you telling me not to go on my boat this summer you should go on your boat um so yeah this is a good point everything that i've seen points to being outside is uh is great Actually, speaking of earlier when we were talking about the ACE2 receptors, Mm -hmm. uh, people who are deficient in vitamin D have uh, more ACE2 receptors. They also tend to have worse blood pressure. Oh, wow. So uh, vitamin D famously comes from being out in the sun. So, you know, maybe don't go as hard as Allie goes uh, in the sun, especially if you are a a light-skinned person. But um, being outside, getting fresh air and sunshine uh, is is great. Um, Being inside, though, with air conditioners and, like, circulating, inside circulating air, probably still not a good idea. Probably definitely still not a good idea, you know? So, um in terms of public places, you know, turning oh. the AC on in your house is fine. But if okay. you're in a if you're in a um, closed room restaurant or movie theater with the air conditioning on, that's just blowing air around. You know, in terms of uh, viral spread, it's not good. So being outside, go on your boat, go to the park, go to the beach, whatever. Uh, enjoy that this summer. I've never thought about that, where if you're in one of those temperature-controlled buildings, it's probably circulating that air. To a certain degree, from yeah. From everyone else. Yeah. Oh, wow. And think about that also in terms of, I, I don't think travel or like plane, uh, the airline industry is going to bounce back for a long time. Because that's their whole, emo- you have to sit on a circulating airplane. Yeah. Unless, unless you know... Uh, you'll you'll get tested and you get some sort of clearance, but unless you got proof that you're not transmitting, 
If we had like a billion dollars to start the COVID free airline, I feel like we'd we'd make it back no problem. You well, know, everybody gets <laughs> tested. We've got a separate terminal in every city. It'd probably take like twenty billion dollars. Yeah, I think there's a couple hurdles. See this through with <laughs> for me. that. Yeah. No. yeah. <laughs> um, but so, uh, not to get too far off off topic again, but. Um, yeah, in a couple months, uh, we're not out of the woods and I think it's still just important to remember, um, remember what's what and, or the reason that we imposed the restrictions isolation. What we just did is the last resort measure. That's what happens when we fucked up everything else. Uh, so you have to realize that it's like, we didn't just like isolate and do all this stuff and impose these social distancing measures willy-nilly we did this because everything else was fucked and in order to not destroy the healthcare system this was absolutely necessary and the restriction or the rollback of these things is only because and we're still prematurely doing this but theoretically it's only because we think that the healthcare system can now handle it yeah um it doesn't mean that the virus is gone. It doesn't mean any of these things. So just keep that in mind. Um, but also keep in mind, you know, like Carol was saying, we're probably all going to get this, but it's it's about whether or not if you get it and it's bad, if there will be a hospital bed for you. And that is what all the social distancing is for, is to make sure that we have enough beds to treat people if they need to be treated and that's i mean if there's one message i could get across to our good friends in lansing that would be it keep that curve flat yeah so um and i think people are realizing this a little bit more now in terms of outdoor activities versus indoor varying levels of safety um you know being responsible hopefully we'll have tests soon and stuff like that um and hopefully just learning in the future and asking more of our politicians uh, and leaders to try and prevent these things and try and handle them better and to not act like no one has predicted this before or like this should not have surprised anyone is, is what I'm saying. And, you know, we a lot of people have been making the comparison to climate change as well. Uh. But and not to get on that, but it's like it's just another one of those things where there's someone, there's some scientist waving his hands about this. Yeah. We know that it's happening. We know that's happening. And let's not let these things blindside us when there are people predicting them left and right. This is not Chicken Little saying the sky is falling or whatever the fuck, but these are people saying, Hey, this has happened before. This will happen again. If you think that Will Smith would play this this doctor in this movie, listen to them. We don't want to get to the point where we're relying on <laughs> on Will Smith to save us, because uh, I do believe in him. But you know, I think we. I think he would be the doctor. I think prevention. It's is... like, hey, football causes concussions. Hey, 
there's a virus out there. Hey. Oh my God. You should, if you ever get a chance, you and, and all the listeners to read the story. I forget this, uh, doctor's name, but, uh, a long time ago, quick anecdote, uh, doctors didn't wash their hands in between anything, Mm. doing autopsies, delivering babies. And there's this, yeah, they didn't just didn't think to do it. They didn't believe in hand washing, and th- it's that it's that old meme where it's like you got ghosts in your blood. Yes, you should probably do cocaine <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and this wasn't that long ago. This was relatively recent, but sixty-eight. Di- yeah, sixty-eight. <laughs> Everything seemed to happen in sixty-eight. Um, but basically, this doctor was like, "Hey, we uh, know how all these kids and mothers are dying." after childbirth for mysterious reasons i've been tracking it and it's because you guys are doing autopsies in the morning and delivering babies in the afternoon without washing your hands every single medical professional discounted this guy shamed him ran him out you know everything else no one believed this guy about hand washing he had the data. He had all the stuff. We look back and we see how absurd that is. Imagine how people are going to look back at us a hundred years to be like, climate, you guys. It's like fucking hand washing. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not. We know about it. It's not pandemics. We know that they're going to happen. This is not uh, craziness, but we cannot ignore these things. Yeah. So, yeah. All 12,000 people that are left on Earth can look back on us and be like, yeah, our hands too hot. Yeah. Where did we go wrong? Oh, it was right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's clearly at that moment. Lord. Yeah. Despite all of that, I'm still hopeful. Same. Same. And uh, I feel like as a recurring message... Spark your own joy in in this quarantine, and uh, spark some joy before you watch the midnight gospel. I think you'll yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, truly, definitely spark up before the midnight gospel. It'll probably uh, <laughs> it'll probably have a different take on it. You. Was pretty fun. You you introduced it to us with uh, like no context. I didn't really have any context. That was my first episode. I heard about it on Twitter. Yeah. We oh like shit. It. Uh, speaking of shit I heard about on Twitter, there's something called Tell the Noob. Oh, it's it's um this is has nothing to do with Twitter. I just saw an ad for it. New HBO show coming out in August called Something Forest or something, but uh JJ Abrams and uh Peel. Jordan Peel? Yeah. Are producing this show jj abrams and jordan peele are producing a show yeah on hbo on hbo (sighs) it is something called um i can't even remember but it's it's a it's a crazy like sci-fi horror and are you shitting me this is the best news i've heard in a long time it looks fucking (sighs) nuts um Oh, it's called like Lovecraftian Forest or something. It has Lovecraft. That's why it was on the tip of my tongue. Really? Yeah. So, and they're they're incorporating elements of HP. Lovecraft's so I don't know work. if it, I don't know if it's 
directly tied in to Lovecraftian horror, but uh, it, if not alluding to, it is strongly alluding to it, and it also has fucking Omar in it. Ooh. And so, like, there's all this Sold. shit happening. Where I, I saw this trailer, and, you know, it's like, I was, like, scrolling through, and I was like, oh, promoted tweet, then I was like, wait, what the fuck is this? And then I actually, I think the first time ever clicked on an ad, because it was like a promo, you know, trailer. Uh-huh. Watch this thing. We should watch the trailer the after this. first time ever. We should watch the trailer after we get done the, with this. But yeah. I was just like, oh, damn. <laughs> um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Damn, what a combo. Jordan Peele, what a collab. Jordan Peele doesn't miss. Um, mm-hmm. uh, J.J. Abrams says had some pros and cons but uh yeah. yeah i'm this looks crazy uh i'm very excited about that why did i start talking about that don't care i'm very oh, spark excited and joy just like oh yeah new, sh- new shows um probably not a lot of new things are gonna be not a lot of new media is going to be created in the next year in terms of like big budget hollywood movies but the stuff that's already been created it's probably they're probably going to trickle it out to us and it's gonna be awesome and uh and hey maybe this will be a chance for you to create something on your own maybe start that twitch stream you've been waiting to start Mm -hmm. (laughs) people are willing to give you money for weird things i've learned (laughs) just to give you my uh my personal input on that exact topic so um i work in entertainment payroll so I, I'm alerted when commercials are being shot or TV shows are being shot and they have postponed production for the next two months. Yeah. So as of right now, you know, well, right, yeah. exactly. So until July, basically no TV, no movies, no yeah, commercials. Nothing new, nothing new is being. You can you can get some right B roll footage and you can have some voiceover talent and yeah. everything. But I mean, we're gonna see a dearth of media during this time. Know what a funny thing about the word dearth is? Tell me. Is that I always think it means a lot, and I know it means the opposite of that yeah. but in my brain my brain's like oh a dearth damn it's oh, big shit. maybe because it rhymes with girth where i'm like that's big <laughs> i don't know i can't eat three dearths yeah <laughs> big dearth, <laughs> big dearth. <laughs> follow me at twitter <laughs> at big dearth <laughs> uh uh but yeah so uh but that was maybe that was my other epiphany or my other nick epiphany creation um you know now's a great time to create if you're if you have any talent even if you want to write a journal or a a diary or something but creation is i think therapeutic and um there's going to be a dearth of uh content in terms of like big budget stuff so i think you know start your one man show youtube channel or your stupid ass twitch stream uh or whatever because you'll never have more eyes on screens and more of an audience than yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And yeah, uh, we were talking to Allie before about trying to get her into voice acting. Yeah. 
She's. I, I feel like she's got talent, and uh, we should keep pestering her to do that. I uh, I agree. I'm working on that now. But uh, even if you don't think you're talented, keep a journal. Yeah. You know, do or, something weird or develop some talent. Learn a skill. <laughs> Get talented, you, loser. you piece of shit. Um, <laughs> That stepdad Nick's advice. Yeah, we're going to end with uh, us being very judgmental about <laughs> yeah. your lack of talent. Embrace your talents. Learn some talents. Have fun. Don't be stressed. Try and calm your lizard brain down so you can think about the future and think about others. Be safe. Good night. I feel the Take a seat. You want to dance with me? Too bad. It's too complete.